Ribbonbox. Welcome to the Ribbonbox podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder. Each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic offers and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free to become an insider and never miss an episode. Hello, welcome. Today I am being joined by guest Professor Asma Khalil and today we will be discussing various aspects of fetal medicine including twin and multiple pregnancies and prenatal screening. Welcome Asma. Uh, Welcome and thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute delight to have you here today and we're so lucky to be able to speak to someone who is so world-renowned in your field. Please could you start by giving yourself an introduction about your background and what you do? Um, So I am a a professor of um, maternal fetal medicine, so I'm an obstetrician and gynecologist. Um, So all doctors who specialize in um, looking after pregnant women and women's health, and then you uh, might decide to um, even further specialize into an area. And I did that for um, looking after pregnant women who have additional problems, whether affecting the baby or the mother. Um, I work at St. George's Hospital, and so I lead the twin and multiple pregnancy service. And uh, also the, I work in the fetal medicine uh, unit. And uh, I'm also the director of the Fitamedicine Unit in Liverpool Women Hospital. And also about a year ago, I started as a vice president of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Fantastic. Is this always an area that you knew you wanted to get into? I fell in love with uh, with fetal medicine when I was at the end um, or close to finishing my uh, being medical student when I uh, watched Professor Charles Roddick, who was one of the pioneers uh, of uh, in fetal medicine and performing uh, transfusions, so giving blood transfusion to the baby inside the womb. And I was fascinated uh, of this concept of saving a baby's life before it's even born. And fetal medicine is a really unique area. It's uh, it's probably the only area in medicine that you look after two or even sometimes three or four patients at the same time. So it's a fascinating area and it, it really captured me. Um, and I, you know, when home that day and said this is what I want to do. Fantastic and I have first-hand experience of your care as uh, you have treated me at St George's uh, for my multiple pregnancy. It can be a rather anxious time especially with multiples so um, you know having experienced your your professionalism and care and bedside manner it was all an absolute um, savior for some of the um, anxieties that we were going through at the time. Yeah, I mean, working as a fetal medicine specialist, um, as I said, it's, it's a really unique experience um, because you, for many patients, you are the one who saved their baby's lives. Um, and also you look after women and, and couples, sometimes during the most challenging times in their lives. And being able to be there looking after them and going through the journey with them and being really providing not just being professional but also the compassionate care can be is extremely rewarding 
it can be challenging, uh, but certainly it's it's something that I um, get up in the morning every day and go to work and really enjoy my job. I enjoy the rewarding aspect of it. I enjoy the challenging aspect of it. And um, it's fascinating. And of course, you meet you must meet so many interesting people who are experiencing, as you said, uh, challenging or sort of exciting elements of a life-changing experience. So to be part of that journey with your professionalism, knowledge, expertise and kindness goes a long way. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. And also being at the cutting edge. So fetal medicine is not a, a very old speciality. It's, uh, and um, and therefore, every um, every few months, there is new development. Um, and being at the cutting edge of these new advances, you know, the, the technologies, being able to improve the care that you provide to your patients and being able to really drive the research in this area and save babies' lives that 10 years ago you were not able to um, is extremely exciting. Absolutely. Can you give an example of, I'm sure I've read about this, but um, a very difficult case where you've helped uh, with a multiple pregnancy where it's ended up being um, you know, a complicated birth, for example. Am I right in thinking quadruplets at St. George's? Um, yes. So a few years ago, I looked after um, a pregnant woman who had quadruplets. So there's four babies. And it's um, nowadays extremely rare to um, see a woman who have a quadruplet pregnancy. In fact, it was the first one maybe in 13 years at St. George's Hospital, which is a big hospital in um, southwest London, where we have a large twin and multiple pregnancy service. Um, and, you know, without going through the, you know, the, the details of the pregnancy, but the pregnancy was, was even further complicated because two of them were sharing one placenta and one of them was, uh, you know, very small and not growing. But, um, you know, we managed to have successful outcome for healthy children, um, very happy um, uh, parents, uh, beautiful, absolutely uh, beautiful, gorgeous children. And I, you know, planning her delivery uh, with more than 20 healthcare professionals in theatre waiting and prepared to, uh, to, to receive this for uh, babies and also all the in the team, the obstetric team, you know, the midwives, the uh, uh, anesthetists, the theater staff. Um, and when I went to see her afterwards, I had the most awarding um, gift from her when she told me that she decided to name one of the babies after me. Oh, wow. What an amazing story. It is an amazing story. And what's even more fascinating, that literally last month, I had a similar uh, uh, situation with a woman who had a triplet pregnancy, and again, very special pregnancy. And you know, without going through the, the, the obviously the, the, the details or the confidential details, again, complicated. Quite, um, two of them um, identical and long, challenging journey. Um, when I saw her from as early as like six weeks, she was six weeks pregnant, and um, throughout until. Um, delivering this uh, three beautiful 
uh, babies. And again, uh, a very nice surprise that she decided to name one of them after me. So there are two asthmas, many asthmas. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Your legacy lives on. And um, in terms of some of those cases that you've just mentioned, how has prenatal screening and therapeutic interventions and the kind of tech behind it and the specialism improved in the last 10 years, for example? Um, so again, fetal medicine, it's, it's a speciality that relies heavily on the use of ultrasound um, in pregnancy. And the technology, even ultrasound technology, has um, the, the, the advanced massively over the last 10 years. The ability of the, our ability to do very detailed ultrasound scan at a very high level. I mean, I would say eight out of 10 when I, meet, when I do an ultrasound scan, um, the parents will comment how detailed and how amazing the quality of the ultrasound image, how much details that you know we can we are able to see at a very early stage in pregnancy. Um, but also in terms of the screening, uh, so you know the availability or the technology of having a DNA test, so a blood sample from the mother very early in pregnancy, as early as 10 weeks. Um, to be able to tell the parents the chance that um, the baby or the babies um, ha have genetic condition with accuracy that's nearly 99% or more than 99% um, is you know, a huge advance in the uh, area of fetal medicine and looking after pregnant women and giving them as much information as possible and um, I'm really fortunate that I led on the largest uh, study in the UK where we actually recruited more than 1,000 uh, women with twin pregnancies uh, to uh, determine the accuracy of this test. You know, the DNA test, why it's been developed. Uh, we did the largest uh, study in twin pregnancy. 1,000 women recruited from a, a number of um, hospitals or centers across the UK. And the accuracy was fascinating. I said like nearly close to 100%. Wow. Um, and then obviously for therapeutic in, in interventions or um, operating on babies inside the womb or essentially really operating on the mother, on the babies while they are inside the mother. And again, that's been a huge advance, uh, advance in Fetal, an area of fetal medicine, particularly in twins, um, so the laser surgery, so some twin where they share one placenta, they are identical, they develop uh, uh, certain problems, uh, most famous is something called twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome or TGTS, and um, the development of laser surgery, so operating on the pregnancy or on the placenta or on the babies uh, during the pregnancy, be able to separate the circulation and uh, save babies' lives, improve the chance of uh, you know, the survival, reduce the risk of disability, um, is really huge development in the area of fetal medicine and looking after twin or multiple pregnancies. Is that a surgery that you have done a lot? I've done uh, many, many hundreds of cases um, over the last uh, 12 years uh, where we offer laser surgery for these uh, pregnancies and we get we get parents from across the country and even sometimes from outside the UK that they're traveling, you know, miles to come and see us for this surgery. 
And how has this research contributed to these advancements in the field? Um, so over the last 12 years, we've done a large number of, um, of studies that focused on twin and mother pregnancies um, to even setting up the largest uh, registry for twin-to-twin um, -twin transfusion syndrome, the condition that I mentioned earlier, but also we expanded it to all types of uh, problems in twin pregnancy, even even twin pregnancies that are not don't, don't have any problems, complication, but they share one placenta. Um, so that we uh, set up this it's across the UK, it's a national uh, study. And also, as I mentioned, this uh, study on the largest twin study, uh, twin study for the, the DNA, the NIBT or the NIPT in twin pregnancy, recruiting more than 1,000 uh, twin pregnancies and um, ensuring that we have uh, high quality data on the, how accurate the test showing that's nearly 100% accuracy in twins. And um, also uh, following up women or um, the babies after they're born. So those who have the laser surgery, we know that these babies have risk of disability when they grow older and being able to follow up these children until the age up to five years and assessing their development and being able to know um, which what would be what would determine their chance of disability can we identify these babies that likely to develop disability later in life um actually as even before they're born um, and then one thing that which is really important and we spend the last few years focusing on is how to assess the growth in twin pregnancies because we know that twins tend to be smaller than baby and then singleton so when if you compare the size and the weight of um, twins at birth compared to the size or the weight of the singleton twins tend to be smaller and identical twins when they share one percent they don't be even smaller than non-identical twins so do we when we assess the growth in twins, do you use the same method that we use when you do that in, if you have one baby or singleton pregnancy, or do you need to use different charts? Do you need to take into account that they're twins? Do you need to take into account that they tend to be smaller? So we actually uh, had uh, data, 10, nearly 10 ultrasound examinations from twin pregnancies from across a number of hospitals or centers in the UK, and we developed specific twin charts that we uh, use so that we take into account. So we don't want to tell the parents the babies are small, the twins are small, because that creates unnecessary anxiety. We tend to be delivered too early, perhaps unnecessarily. And, and we know that the premature birth is a major problem. It's the most important, it's number one determinant of the risk of um, death or handicap in, in twins. So can we do something to avoid unnecessarily premature births in these pregnancies? And um, so we developed these twin charts, and also we um, did a big uh, project uh, that was a global project, not just in the UK, where we determined, determined the 10 most important research questions related to twin and multiple pregnancies. And we involved a very large number of um, women or women who had twin or multiple pregnancies or parents. And so the public, so we need to engage the public in our research. We need to listen to them. What is important for them? What are the research questions that they want us to look at? 
And we went to the government in the UK and we asked them, we said we, we need um, funding to or research studies to focus on twin and multiple pregnancies because it's an area where it lacks high quality research studies. And, on, and uh, we managed to actually have this uh, conversation with the NIHR, this is the largest government funding body, and we managed to have a, a, it's an ongoing study now called FERN, which is a study that looks at um, gross restriction or um, uh, small babies in twin pregnancies that they are identical or they share one placenta. So that's ongoing to determine really what is the best way to uh, manage these pregnancies. Do they need fit intervention? Do we just monitor them and deliver them early? And very importantly, which is something that I realized about 10 years ago, is that you can do many research studies, but unless you ensure that this, um, uh, the recommendations from the guidelines are being implemented, and the fact that we work with healthcare professionals, we train the healthcare professionals, we ensure that they are equipped with the latest evidence, we ensure that the sonographers and midwives and doctors um, are uh, you know well qualified um, to have and have the right skills and expertise to look after these pregnancies, the high risk pregnancies or twin and multiple pregnancies, that I will not be able to have a meaningful impact. I always dreamed of improving the women's health, saving babies' lives, not just the one I directly look after, but on international, on a national and international global level. So unless you really train healthcare professionals and improve their skills and get them to be aware of the latest evidence, you're not going to be able to, to achieve that. So, um, and therefore working with uh, uh, organizations like uh, NICE in the UK, um, or international organizations that issue guidelines and um, protocols um, to be able to make a real difference. So, for example, in, in St. George's, where I work, we looked at our um, the outcomes of twin and multiple pregnancies, and after the implementation of the NICE guidelines and the guidelines from the International Society of Ultrasound and uh, Obstetrics and Gynecology that focus on twin and multiple pregnancy, and what we've um, shown is that by doing this, you um, reduced the chance of stillbirth or um, death of the baby inside the womb by 70%, particularly in the highest risk group, the twin pregnancy that share one placenta. Could I just ask you, as well as your practice at St. George's Hospital, you also have a, pr a private practice. Could you tell us a bit more about this and the services that you offer here, uh, such as advanced testing, for example? So as well as my uh, work at uh, NHS, I also um, have a, a, my a private practice and I work at uh, the Portland Hospital for Men and Children and also at uh, the Harley Street. And uh, during in my practice, you provide um, a really comprehensive um, care during the pregnancy from very, very early stage, even before the pregnancy, the pre-pregnancy counseling. Uh, for um, a, a woman or a couple who are uh, considering uh, getting pregnant, so and and looking through the you know the, the the health of the woman herself, is she ready to have the pregnancy? What are the potential risks? How we can look after this pregnancy? 
actually looking after the pregnant woman from very early stage of pregnancy until not just the birth, but also afterwards, you know, the care in the period after giving birth. We call it the postpartum uh, period. Um, and that would involve various things, apart from the consultations and uh, seeing the, uh, the pregnant woman regularly throughout the pregnancy, um, often every months to start with and for about 25 28 weeks you increase the frequency of them of the scans and the monitoring um, and sometimes uh, at the end of the pregnancy sometimes as frequent as every one or two uh, weeks the actual delivery was by um, normal so vagina delivery or cesarean section and also uh, of course afterwards uh, when whether while the woman is in the hospital or when she uh, goes home and coming back for the six weeks checkup during the pregnancy itself, um, there are a number of routine tests that we offer. Uh, so, for example, uh, the ultrasound scan, like the 12 weeks ultrasound scan and the 20 week anomaly scan, but providing the scans at a really high level, very detailed um, ultrasound scans. Um, and also as a, a, the, having the screening test, so the DNA test or the NRBT or the NEPT, which is offered from as early as 10 weeks, which tells us what is the chance of the baby having a genetic condition or genetic problem. And the accuracy is very, very high. It's more than 99%. But also the ultrasound scans, um, so despite the fact that in, in, in many healthcare systems uh, you only offer two ultrasound scans if there is no additional risk or additional problems in the pregnancy. In the private um, sector of the private practice um, is different. So many women uh, would have uh, more frequent ultrasound scans um, because they want to make sure the baby is growing okay. We, um, if there is any concern, any um, about the reassuring scan that the baby is fine. Um, and also, of course, if the woman experiences pain or any bleeding um, or just want to really to uh, ensure the baby. So the number of scans that, we, we, um, that they offer really are uh, co comprehensive from the early scan, very early pregnancy. So as early as like six weeks, the 10 weeks where you do offer the DNA or the NIBT or the NFT, the 12 week scan. Sometimes also uh, women want to have a scan between 12 weeks and 20 weeks because they're not feeling the baby yet and they're anxious to make sure the baby's okay. The 20 week important ultrasound scan. And also around that time, doing additional scans. So measuring the neck of the, the, cerv the cervix, because that tells us a chance of having premature births. And we know prematurity is a major risk uh, for uh, you know, the survival of the baby, but also the risk of disability. And of course, after that, there is also what we call gross scans to uh, make sure the baby is uh, growing uh, normally. And as I said, then I do a, a large number of um, consultations for second opinion um, or a referral from my other colleagues where maybe there is additional problem in the pregnancy or maybe additional or problem that's um, was seen an ultrasound scan. And I do this um, uh, second opinion or referrals uh, both to patients in the UK but also outside the UK. And I do both face-to-face -face, uh, consultation, but also uh, increasingly we do offer virtual consultations because they tend to be much easier uh, for the patient, uh, particularly the patient from abroad. Um, so I do a large number and comprehensive care really throughout uh, the pregnancy from beginning to end.
And what are, you've mentioned some of them, but potential risks and challenges associated with carrying multiples. What are some of the proactive steps that you take? Would one of these, of course, be regular monitoring scans every two to four weeks, depending on how many babies you're carrying? Um, Yeah, so twin or multiple pregnancy have additional risk when you compare it to if you carry one, only one baby. And probably one of the biggest risks is um, the risk of premature birth. Um, because that's number one determinant really of their chance of survival and also the risk of disability. But it's not just that. Sometimes they are small or one or both babies are small, they're not growing. Or the woman develop high blood pressure in pregnancy, something called preeclampsia, or they're more likely to develop diabetes in pregnancy. Um, um, or in twin pregnancy that they share one placenta, we call it monochorionic twin pregnancy, they have additional risk of developing specific problems like a condition called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. And that's because of this sharing of the placenta or sharing the circulation, which add additional risk to the pregnancy. But also importantly, that we need to understand that women or pregnant women who have twin or multiple pregnancy, they really need additional emotional support. It adds emotional strain, physical strain on this pregnant woman. And therefore, she really needs this extra care and um, a number of additional healthcare professionals to be able to provide the best care that she uh, she, she needs and deserves. Um, and of course, for the, for the birth, they're more likely to need uh, delivery by cesarean section because of the baby's position or if the pregnancy is complicated. And therefore, how we can actually look after this uh, Uh, pregnancies to ensure that they have healthy babies and healthy moms. Yes, we know that they are high risk. Yes, we know that they are complex and they're more likely to develop problems. But from my experience, I would say the majority of women who have twin or multiple pregnancy, they have fantastic outcomes. They have normal outcomes, normal babies. But what they need is additional monitoring. They need the more frequent appointment to see the doctor and the midwife and other healthcare professional, the nutritionist, you know, the physiotherapist, according to their needs. Someone to help them with the breastfeeding because they have two or three babies. And the, the also the frequent ultrasound scans, and that would depend on the type of twin or multiple pregnancy. So for example, if you have a twin pregnancy that they're not sharing uh, the same placenta, you will have the 12 week scan, you will have the anomaly, the 20 week scan, and then after that, you need an ultrasound scan every four weeks until the end of the pregnancy because we are monitoring these babies for any problems with their growth, make sure that they're growing normally. At what stage would you want twins or triplets to get to before they're born? What what kind of gestation? Um, so um, because of the risk of stillbirths or, or death of the baby during pregnancy tend to be higher in twin compared to if you have one baby or singleton, we do uh, recommend, and that's according to national guidance, that twin pregnancy, when they don't share one placenta, we deliver them at 37 weeks. And if they are sharing one placenta, we deliver them at 36 weeks. Fascinating. Thank you so much, Asma, for this incredible information today. Um, I urge people to get in touch with you. Um, You can follow the link in our description to find out more about your services. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Asma. It has been a pleasure speaking with you and hearing about these fascinating advances in fetal medicine, especially in twins, triplets, etc., multiples. Um, So, 
I urge people to get in touch with you following the link in the description to this podcast for the best care uh, for multiples in particular. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and really enjoyed talking to you.